Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Ephesians. In the first two chapters, the Apostle Paul summed up an astounding amount of the New Testament information that had been revealed through the Apostles and a few others in the first generation of people living under the New Covenant. The last part of chapter 2 elaborated on the glorious truth that the Gospel broke down the barrier of the dividing wall between the Jews and the Gentiles, and we are all still one body in Christ. Paul is about to launch into a magnificent prayer for all of us to be filled up to all the fullness of God. But when he began to write the prayer, he sidetracked onto talking about the glories of all the mysteries about the eternal plan of God that have been unfolded in Christ. That's what occupies Ephesians chapter 3 verses 2 through 14. We started with this last week and took the side trip to see all the New Testament uses of mystery. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he continues our study with today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Manifold Wisdom of God. Now we're in Ephesians chapter 3. This book very conveniently splits into two halves, three chapters that are just crammed full of doctrine, and then three chapters that are crammed full of practical application from that doctrine. So in these first two chapters, the Apostle Paul has already summed up an astounding amount of the New Testament information that had been revealed through the apostles and prophets, and he has come along as the last uh, late addition, if you will, to the circle of the apostles. And these are uh, the revelations that have come to the people living under the, the new covenant in the first generation thereof. We saw in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but now you are fellow citizens with the saints and of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. So Paul is saying the the foundation is just about finished now. The era of the apostles is almost over. He didn't say that right here in this passage, but that's what uh, he was given to say, especially in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Uh, That last part of chapter 2, the last uh, 11 or 12 verses, elaborated upon the glorious truth that the gospel, to use the words Paul used, broke down the barrier of the dividing wall between Jews and Gentiles. And we are all one body in Christ. So we lingered there for a while. I wanted to show you that that is the paradigm for reconciliation of all groups because the gospel is sufficient for that kind of reconciliation. It's not only sufficient for that, it is the only thing that is sufficient for that. All other attempts to break down the dividing walls of, 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 of culture and race and bigotry and hostility and, and generations-long feuds, only the gospel can ultimately solve that. Well, Paul is now about to launch into one of the most magnificent prayers 
in all of the Bible. Rather lofty goal, he's going to pray that we are all filled up to all the fullness of God. But he thought about writing that prayer, and then uh, I appreciate him. He's kind of my hero in this category. He interrupted himself, which is how I live my life, and he wrote verses 2 through um, two through 13 to uh, give a little background to why he was so joyous about what he was going to pray for us. And in this time, in this little section here, he, he talks about the, the glories of the mysteries of this eternal plan that is being unfolded in Christ. And we're going to see that today. It's probably, the, it's probably the largest section of verses that we're going to take in all of Ephesians. Last time, we read just the first three verses, and then we took a side trip and we surveyed all 27 uses of the Greek word that is musterion, which gets transliterated into English as mystery. And I showed you that uh, theologically, the biblical use of mystery does not mean that something is baffling or esoteric or unknown or has twists and turns in it. It means it was not formerly known to man, but now it has been made known by direct revelation from God. Jesus began revealing mysteries of the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 13, talking about an era in which it was going to be a mystery form of the kingdom, something that had never before been revealed. Remember that, and we'll come back to that later on this morning. So in this section before us today, Paul gives much insight about himself. And we're going to see here, as we look at Paul's view of his own life and his own ministry, we'll see principles and applications that are fully transferable to our lives. You're not an apostle. I'm not an apostle. We don't have the signs of an apostle, the ability to, to, to do those things. But we can have the attitudes of an apostle, and we must. And so, Let's dive into it. I'll read the first three verses. We read them last time because we build on it from there. Paul says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote to you in brief. He's written in brief. He's already written uh, two chapters about it. And Paul, first attitude we've seen about him, we saw this last time, he, he understood God's sovereignty. God is in control. He understood God's goodness. God always does what is good for those who love Him that are called according to His purpose, or He uses all, of, he uses all circumstances for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So, I'm a prisoner, therefore, I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Yeah, the Jews arrested me. Yeah, the Romans took over, and they've taken me to Rome, but... I'm a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Everything about Him, this is what God has for me today. So just think about what this imprisonment of Paul produced. Well, we have many chapters of the book of Acts that uh, record him getting to Rome and uh, what, the time, what, what happened in the time that he was there. But notice what else we have. Four New Testament books, uh, Ephesians uh, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. We have an evangelistic trip to Rome at government expense. 
Paul had been wanting to go to Rome for a long time. He wrote this giant letter to them, and he said, I, I, I want to come, and I want to minister to you, and then maybe we can partner, and maybe I can even get to Spain. We can't verify for sure that he ever did, but he intended to go to Rome. Well, he'd already done his first missionary trip and his second missionary trip and his third missionary trip, and each one went in a, a broader and broader circle, but none of them had gotten to Rome. Well, this time, he didn't need to make one single tent. He didn't need to ask for one contribution. The government paid for his trip to Rome, and an eventful trip it was indeed. Along the way, and after he was there, souls were won to Christ. He talks about there being a a more and more bold and broad testimony throughout Rome. And then we also see that in exact fulfillment of what was said about Paul when he was first converted, along the way the gospel was preached to all the Roman officials who examined him at all the various stages of his trial. Now today we're going to see the remainder of his overview of what he summarizes as the mystery of Christ. About this mystery of Christ, as we work from verses 4 through 13, the mystery stated, verses 4 through 6, the man sent, verses 7 through 9, and the manifold sophistication. Yeah, I stretched for that last word, but the thesaurus doesn't have an S word for manifold. Uh, or for, for wisdom. So the manifold wisdom of God. We'll, we'll see it all as we get there. First, he's going to state the mystery yet again. Ephesians 3, 4. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. He's saying by referring to what I already wrote, plus what you have here in this letter, you can share my insight into the never-before-unveiled riches that are ours in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, he called it in chapter 3, verse 1. And then he gives in the next verse one of the several New Testament descriptions of the theological significance of the word mystery. Starts at verse 4, so I'll read you 4 and 5. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. That's a mystery. You can't know it because it's part of the mind of God unless God reveals it. It was formerly unknown. He's now revealed it. That is the mystery. By the way, Paul wrote almost identical words to verses 4 and 5 here about the mystery era of the gospel and of the kingdom of God over in Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. And there's another one over in the book of Colossians. Well, he said he's made, known, he's made this known, and how do you know it? By the writings of the New Testament. He has made it known uh, to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Now, the word holy means set apart. God set apart and designated this group through which He gave the further revelation of all of these wonderful blessings that are ours in Christ. Now, when He says holy apostles and prophets, He means holy in that sense, set apart for that work. No apostle, no prophet in the New Testament era is more holy or was more holy than you are because in Christ... All your sin is forgiven. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.